HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. This week, Meat and Three is taking you to market and all over the world, from Newfoundland to Tunisia. A lot of us think of, you know, the British Empire trading things like spices and sugar and silk. But you write that it actually began with salt cod from Newfoundland. (laughs) There was a port closure in Tunisia, which was horrible. I mean, it was months, boats just setting on the water waiting to go and they couldn't go anywhere. And we'll learn about how markets have changed, whether because of their customers or the climate. A few years ago, something around 10 years, it was totally different. It almost manifests itself to almost smelling like an old fire pit. When you Mm -hmm. put it out, it has that sort of charcoal-y smell to it. It's not good for wine. Join us this week on Meat and 3 for our global market tour. And don't forget to subscribe to Meet and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible! Starring your hosts, me, Brent and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about chocolate and wine and bread, champagne and scandal and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet! Want another? Consider it done. Welcome back to another episode about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable on Life's a Banquet, the podcast, the show, the entity, and your host, Zara Tangora. Yeah, Zara Tangora. I almost forgot she wasn't there. Uh, Special announcement, everybody. Um, My name is Bretton Scott, and uh, starting tomorrow, I'll be uh, eliminated from the podcast. (laughs) Uh, The island was strong. I didn't survive, and this is my last episode as the co-host, but the podcast will live on. Sure will. We'll live on. But it won't be the same without you. It won't be the same. Uh, What are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing? Yeah, I'm going to do nothing. You're going to twiddle your little thumb mm-hmm. I'm going to do nothing. Breton. I'm going to open an inn and uh, an upstate. I've decided I want to open a hotel. Oh, mm-hmm. really? So go on. What kind of hotel are you going to open? Uh, it's going to be, it's going to have a farm. It's going to have, <laughs> this is, by the way, in the year 2035 when the water supply begins to dwindle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfect. It'll be a hydroponic farm. A dry hotel. A dry hotel. <laughs> Everything. Crunchy, crispy, and brown. We're going to make booze. I'm going to have a music venue and I'm going to have a pipe organ. 
Okay. Nope. And that's it. Filled Any guests or just like uh, a hotel for ghosts? Uh, actually, uh, nobody's allowed to stay there. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> so you don't you can like drive people by. staying You can over. look at the windows. You won't really see much, but uh, I will be there. <laughs> cool. And two cats. You know what? You look like an airline mechanic right now. What's going on? You have an amazing glasses holder on. Uh, okay. You're wearing headphones and like a trucker hat. And I have to be honest. And you have a mustache. And I have a mustache. I shave my mustache because I need a new look uh, per the monthly need a new look kind of a vibe. And... Uh, I bought these things. They're called chums, chum, chumleys, chums. They, sure. They're like, you know, if you're a skier or a snowboarder, you put these on your your sunglasses, and mm-hmm. I'm like, totally something a dad would do. Yeah. But I've lost now three pairs of really expensive sunglasses in the ocean. Oh, yeah. You were with me on one. Yep. I lost another one right after that. And then this summer, I just, last week, I lost my third pair. And they just, I play Frisbee in the water, and suddenly they fall off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what if I just got those things? And you know what the, the best thing is? I totally am turning into a dad. I was like, when you <laughs> bend over to drop and pick up your keys, your glasses stay on your thing. Yeah, you look like a dad from 1986. You never, well, you know what? The 80s and 90s are, I've, I thought it couldn't get more popular. I yeah. thought last year, I was like, wow, all these young millennials are really loving the, they're kind of doing the best of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I think we talked about this. It's true, but it's also very funny to me that millennials and Gen Zs are like loving the 70s, 80s, and 90s so much because, we, and also while they move forward, progressively as we should be moving yeah, forward yeah. M- so progressively they're also having such nostalgia for a time where everything was so backwards <laughs> yeah, the fashion was great though am i right ladies and men i mean double xl if you're a size small perfect yeah <laughs> mom jeans were a tasmanian devil long sleeping shirt yeah it's so funny that yeah. we tried to run far from it too mm-hmm. when we, and now i'm like Shh. i was like i'll just borrow all of dad's clothes yeah yeah end up in the same pair of marvin the martian boxer shorts as you, you. know isn't that funny how fashion works it i is. see the air conditioner is set to a cool 69 degrees oh Thank you. how sexy mm-hmm. it's getting very hot and sexy in here Bretton, what did you make and cook and do this week tell us for <clears throat> one last time better be good okay well as I remember mentioned, mentioning last week that I was suffering from vertigo. Mm-hmm. Well, it had gone on throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, my God, by day four, I'm like, this is ridiculous. It was getting better. It was, I would have hours where I was fine, and then a couple hours back. Mm-hmm. I think I'm fine today. I'm feeling a little – today is the first day where I'm a little tired, but I'm, 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 I'm working through it. Uh, so I wanted some comfort food. I made moussaka. You know, zucchinis and oh. eggplants are – my biggest achievements this week are a nice moussaka. That is a huge achievement. And That's a project. You know, I've never made it before, but luckily, as as the cook that I am, I did it in stages. So I was like, you know, got some... I went put zucchini in it. And oh, I'd like yeah, done nice. the meat ahead of time, zucchini ahead of time. So when it came time to assemble it, I was like, all I had to do was make the Greek bechamel. Sure. Can you tell our listeners a little bit what is moussaka? Moussaka. Okay, so it's a layered... It's almost like Greek lasagna. Mm-hmm. Would you? Would you... I would agree, agree although yeah. there is another dish that's even more similar to Greek lasagna that's basically moussaka, except you add also noodles to it. Intr- I believe it's that? called pastilla oh, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so butchering this. Traditionally, I think it's eggplant and beef, right? Mm-hmm. Or and bechamel. Egg, and bechamel. But the bechamel has a little bit more flour, so it's a very thick bechamel, and you can put cheese in it, um, I, and some egg yolks. So mm-hmm. it helps it set when you're in them, and so it doesn't drip all over the place. And it does form the most perfect little souffléed top. Yeah. That I'm kind of thinking that from now on, I'm always going to put egg yolks in my bechamel when, yeah. I'm, when I'm baking it. It's very nice. You could also like put up wallpaper with it. You could put up wallpaper it's with like it. It's like spackle in your bowels. What is that from? Some movie. Anyway. Spackle in your bowels. <laughs> uh, that and then, of course, eggplants are in season. And I did, a, I, you know, I've been trying to perfect the perfect fried eggplant, mm. which can you really, you know, in Japan, 
a, a fry chef or somebody that makes tempura, they will spend 10 years just battering something or oh. making the thing. And then after 10 years, after their master says, okay, then they can move on to like dipping it in. I know this and I deeply respect it and honing in the craft. It's the opposite of how I operate. And that would make me jump out a window. Well, I think in America we've figured it out that you can kind of learn to fry pretty well. I like, I think I fry pretty it well. It just sounds so redundant. And I realize that I'm speaking from my own perspective and there's much more that I don't know and realize about it because I have n- almost no respect for process at all at this point in my life. But well, Hey, listen, I don't want to spend 10 years just battering my eggplant. Yeah. I have to say, for a home fry, I nailed it. I did half panko, half breadcrumbs that I uh-huh. made from Caputo's Bakery breadcrumbs, okay. of course. They make the best breadcrumbs. And then I put a bunch, a ton of herbs Ooh. and rosemary. In Smart. The, yeah, rosemary. I never did that before. And it yeah, fried rosemary. up perfectly. It was divine. Nice. Divine. That sounds delicious. Hot, eggplant. Eggplant. It's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> eggplant. <laughs> it's obvious. What about you? Tell me. Well, our good friend had a barbecue, and we sadly, you weren't there. But yeah, we... I was, I was uh, picking apart crackers and uh, Kellogg. <laughs> Kellogg's special cake bars for a packaging that style job. That fun. Um, we missed you. We had a beach day, um, and Bobby, of course, made her famous chicken salad. Brought that to the party. And then we went back to Mary's house and had a, a rib fest. A rib and fest. And so Mary and I both made a few kinds of ribs. She made a tandoori rib that she, oh. I guess she boiled oh. the ribs. They were pork ribs, but they were tandoori. Tandoori. She boiled them. Then she marinated them in a turmeric yogurt. And then she grilled them and they were divine. Boiled, marinated, grilled. Really fabulous. That order. Really, really good. We should respect the process. You know? Yeah, they were real good. And then she also made a classic, uh, you know, bone sucking sauce, just barbecued <laughs> rib, which was the what's winner. A cla- what's a classic bone sucking sauce? Well, the bone sucking sauce is a, ca- like a brand, brand of sauce yeah, yeah, that yeah, you I've, find in the supermarket. It's from North Carolina. Sure. It was great. Uh, her rib won. We had like 20 people and we voted and her ribs won. And I voted for hers as well because they were delicious. Um and I made a like plum glazed rib. Yep, classic. And I made <laughs> classic <laughs> Class- plum cardamom classic, rib. Classic green gauge plum <laughs> rib. God, if I've had it a million times. Um, and then I made uh, a strawberry like ginger with lagang ma in it, uh, a raspberry ginger and lagang ma. So like a kind of Asian style, like Chinese style. Su- yeah, like a fruity, sweet, sweet and spicy. And sour, yeah. yeah, it was good. They were both good, and we had like. All kinds of yummy sides. We went to the farm. and got corn and tomatoes. And there was watermelon. It was like quintessential summer. And then Danny brought over a bunch of flying saucers from Carvel. And we watched the sandlot outside and drank beer. Saucers? Just like a delicious ice cream sandwich. But Carvel oh, oh, okay. has these ice cream sandwiches with like, you know, the fluffy. Carvel is an East Coast ice yeah, cream Yeah, they don't have them. And then it's like soft serve. So the ice cream sandwiches were um, green pistachio soft serve inside the ice cream sandwich. And it was Really, something else. Mm, it was soft serve fabulous. ice cream sandwiches. Um, also, this week, I'm getting a new kitchen for absolutely no reason. Thank you to my landlord. But wow, they're installing that's... identical cabinets to what I have already. It makes almost zero sense. I, I have no idea what's going on. Well, you know, sometimes landlords do funny things. It's very odd. So anyway, I had to use up all the stuff in my fridge. So yesterday, just a little little tipperoo. I love a long cooked leek. How do you feel about a long cooked leek? Braised leeks, t- butter braised leeks all the time. Uh, the yeah, any kind of leek. Last week I made cockaleeky soup, the uh, Scottish uh, prune leek and chicken soup. Yep. That was great. And then this week to use up the stuff in my fridge, I just simmered some leeks, some beautiful beef steak tomatoes from the farmers market, some sage, and mm-hmm. a green pepper. 
just all together in that same yeah, little. Just simmered it until it was really soft, and that was fabulous. You almost can do no right when you slow cook something and you take the vegetables. It's, it's a mush. Yeah, it's a classic. I consider it a classic Zara mush. Would basically all my food taste exactly the same. That's fine. I don't care. It's fine. It's fine. I've, I've mastered. I don't care. Mastered your <laughs> whatever. Whatever. You do you. Yeah. And I'll do me. <laughs> so anyway, if I was stoned, I might have slathered that on an ice cream sandwich and eaten it together. Which brings us to our topic this week, which is oh my god, marijuana. 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 Foods. We've been avoiding talking about it for so long because. I've been doing a lot of research. Ha- hands Our on. Hands on. You know, what do they call that? What's that type of journalist that jumps in like a... You've been met, like basically like method acting. You're method Daniel Day-Lewis. Yep. I go in and I was like, listen, I know I'm going to do the, this episode in 10 years from now. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so I spent the last 10 years stoned out of my gourd. Yeah. Um, no, that is not true. Do we, you mean when like a detective, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but when a detective goes undercover and goes in with like the Hells Angels and starts like doing coke and drugs and yeah, under, to fit in. To total undercover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep cover. Deep, deep cover. That's it. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Well, okay. So folks, we are talking here about Mary Jane, weed, Pot. What else do we Ganja. Got? Ganja. Reefer. Reefer. Yeah. So many words I can't even remember. I forgot. Grass. Grass. Exactly. Thank you. Weed. Uh, so listen, you can eat your weed. In case you haven't noticed, CBD was legalized actually by the Trump administration. <laughs> Shocking. There's that Trump. What can he do? Yeah, what Isn't can he, he do? great? That guy. I flew a kite yesterday, Aww, and I thought I bet Trump him. hates kites. Oh, of course. That's yeah. I bet he hates I kites. It, yes, he hates a lot. Yes. It's okay. I don't know for sure. Puppies, but kites. I will say this. Uh, so CBD is the cannabinoid, right? That there's a couple properties in the marijuana plant. If you're not familiar with marijuana, or you hate it, or you think it's terrible. Or you're like, oh, it's just not for me. Or I'm scared. Or oh my god, I freak out. Or screw like, you if dude, you feel I that can't way. Can't wait to get stoned tonight. This is an episode for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we come up with an open mind, and we're not here, or I'm not here to tell anybody to do or not to do anything. But if you're interested, I highly <laughs> recommend eating your marijuana. Um, I don't do it all the time. That's not true. <laughs> I just said eat. I didn't oh. say I didn't smoke all the time. Okay, I got it, got it, got it. Now, as a personal uh, proponent for marijuana, much like Jack Herrer, who is a famous weeds activist in the 70s and 80s, uh, and of course, we'll have a little story later, uh, is that uh, smoking marijuana, to me, is very different than consuming it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I'll tell everybody right now. As you're listening, you can make your own marijuana if you just eat plain pot, like, and there's two different kinds of marijuana technically right there's sativa and indica and there's indica is kind of like the downer and sativa is the upper whatever i find them to be i don't weed is weed and i know people are like oh the strain's really different it is true that some weed is like super insanely strong yeah um but i'll tell you if my morning wake and bakes uh can tell you anything i can run just as fast sprinting with an indica as i do a sativa but i do notice my workouts get a little bit lengthier with a sativa anyway you can't eat weed raw because it doesn't do anything. Right. You'll get, so marijuana has to be decarboxylized, which basically means heated up so that it releases the THC properties, which give you the uh, wonderful high that you want to get. Now, CBD doesn't make you high, unquote, but it does possess some qualities that act as inflammatories, as, I don't know, there's all kinds of things they claim. What are your, can I stop you for a moment? What are your feelings on the rise of CBD being everywhere right now? Well, I think it's great. I don't know. I've there is a specific strain of marijuana. Go run, run, go get it. It's called Harlequin. Um, 
Harlequin, Harlequin, whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, it is like 98% CBD and then just like a tiny little bit. Oh. So you can smoke it and you won't feel anything necessarily. Um, I, some people say they sleep better with CBD. I think uh-huh. it's, this is like one of those things, suddenly it's legalized and then people are either totally against it or totally for it. Sure. I think nothing is meant for everybody. Like I don't think that my body reacts well to alcohol anymore. I, yeah. Versus I think now as, as I age past 40, it reacts better to marijuana. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking like if you got to do some drugs, which sure, honey, I, I feel you as they say, even hard on your system. Mother nature needs to help us a little bit. A hundred percent. I feel the only thing that I have an issue with about CBD. Well, it's two things actually. One is the kind of like the bastardization of it. Like, of course. Yeah. Buy like a fizzy water. That's $8 and has CBD in it. And it's kind of just like, a tra- it's like a trap. I don't it's know. A, it's a moneymaker. It's bastardizing something yeah. that's legitimate. Um, and then my other feeling, which I think I've shared with you before, is that it feels itchy to me that all of a sudden weed has become legal and like moms in yoga class, like do it. Yep. Like everyone does it. And there's still people are going to jail. People of color who went to jail like for right in this neighborhood. Probably. Yeah. And it's, it's <clears throat> very complicated and itchy. And I don't like, that makes me feel like I don't want to see any of it. Although obviously I'm glad that weed is becoming mainstream and it's legal yeah, I mean, because it should be, but it's always been lobbied. It's, it's a money-making thing. Yeah. But the war on drugs, the 1980s sure. was just, I mean, let me tell you something, folks, in case you're just listening, you don't know me. You come out to the park in the morning, right? I get up at five 30. I have a cup of coffee, a hit of weed. I do yoga for an hour and 20. Zara, you've seen me. Oh yeah. I'm an insane person. And then I hit the stairs I ride around my bike for three hours. I practice piano for an hour, and then I get shit done. Yeah, right. He does. So you tell <laughs> you tell you, you me tell who me, is stoned. You tell me who, who if weed <laughs> makes you lazy because I will show you different. Um, but let's just, let's stick to the thing here. Got it. Let's say you're like, oh, you know what? I do want to try eating it, or I want. I've been interested in edibles, or you know, they're great. I, the one thing I tell people about edibles is that they take a little bit longer to to feel the effects, mm-hmm. and they're very inter- greatly, very greatly, and I've from personal experience. You might take one half of a gummy bear and be like, whoa, I couldn't talk to anybody. Or like, I went to work and I had to call out sick. Or like, I ate two cookies and I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Because, and that is the problem right now because there's such little regulation. Yeah. Especially if you get your like weed delivery dude and it's like, hey, you got some gummies today. Like, right. what kind of weed is in there? I don't know. Is it indica? I don't know. Like, how much, what's the percentage? What's the milligram of THC that's in that particular gummy bear? I don't know. Right. So you want to go with a reputable source. Yes. And the thing is, so now, let's say you're like, okay, I want to make some of my own. You're going to get a bunch of weed, and you're going to get some butter, or some coconut butter, mm-hmm. some olive oil, and you want to slow cook that shit. What about margarine? Uh, we don't use country crock here. <laughs> Life's a banquet. What if it's all you have in the house? <laughs> what's, the, what's the one brand? The Spectrum. Spectrum oh, non-hydrogenated. Yeah. <laughs> from, or we'll, we'll go with that. Okay. Uh, and then you want to slow cook that stuff. Now, you can go on the internet, and there are people that have specific ratios and if you're going to do this get a microgram scale and then you can actually measure out and then then you'll know exactly or uh, you'll have a better chance of knowing what you're getting and what you're going to be feeling because let me tell you i have been out somewhere where i'm like god it's been two hours suddenly i'm at a restaurant and i'm unable to function i think that edibles make me less able to function in the real world than just smoking something totally and i know smoking has a bad rap it's still seen as this like low class thing no, but, I love smoking. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just a, it's a thing. But like you said, the change of, you know, like on yoga journal, CBD for relaxation. And yeah. Do I think it provides anti-inflammatory properties? I don't know. 
I know that I feel more flexible, but is that a feeling or is that a reality? <laughs> like, I know that I can put my foot in my mouth when I Well, do actually, it, yesterday <laughs> I did. I went into like a full split, no warm up, and I was like, huh, well, there you go. <laughs> Little indigo will help you get in there. Biting your toenails, you're like, I could never do this before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bite my toenails. Screw the pedicure. So, anyway, like I said, I guess I'm not here to give you directions on yeah. exactly how to make this, True. but once you have this weed coconut butter, and I had a friend that worked in a cookbook. Won't name her name. Jill. Jill Frankly. I'm just kidding. It's a made okay, up name. Perfect. That was the worst made up name ever. Yeah, Jill uh, Frankly. But <laughs> I cooked with a lot of this coconut weed butter uh, for a while, and I have to say it was very pleasant. Yeah. And you can bake with it. You can. That's where you can get into making brownies. You can or bake with you it. You can bake with it. You can get baked totally with it. Totally bake with it, bro. We have a friend who's also named Jill Blakely. What did you just say? Jill Blakely. I like Jill Blakely. <laughs> See, that's a that's collaborative our, effort. That's our fake name. We have a friend named Jill Blakely. Ms. Who, Blakely. <laughs> yes, and uh, this isn't about weed, but it is about an edible. I'm going to mention it because it's funny. A couple years ago, you'll know who I'm talking about in just a moment. Okay. She was at her boyfriend's house, and she walks to the freezer to go get some ice or something. She opens the freezer, and there's a couple of Sour Patch Kids in the freezer. And she's like, oh, what are these doing in here? And she pops a couple in her mouth. And then she goes to her boyfriend. <laughs> she's like, what were those Sour Patch Kids doing there? Acid. And it was acid. Okay, first of all... <laughs> and there was none left, so she had a trip all alone, and she had never done acid before. Well... <laughs> That's but The moral of the story is don't eat anything unless it comes sealed and packed, and you have uh, bought it from a big chain grocery store. I want to know this friend of ours <laughs> that... Oh, yeah, that... Yeah. Also opened a freezer and ate a random <laughs> I know. Sour Patch Kid. Nobody. What a, a dunce, huh? I would have to be very stoned, like, oh my god, I bet that's so right. Because like, even if it was just a normal Sour Patch Kid, it's like one that just happens to be randomly lying there. Like, it would probably be f- freezer burned and disgusting. Anyway, she did it, and she tripped balls. Well, that's very interesting about and eating eating weed. And now she. And now she stutters and yeah. can't speak. Yeah, she's never quite been <laughs> she's the same. She's never been the same since. <laughs> oh, God, but her <laughs> eyes are glowing all the time. Listen, on 420 exactly, I think it's the appropriate time to take a break. Okay. So uh, we have a fabulous story after these massages. Ooh. My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. That was a tubular, crazy, crazy commercial. I'm so high. On life. (laughs) We're stoned. Let's go home. I have a bag of Cheetos here, and I'm ready to fucking leave. Breton. Yes. What do you call a pothead with two spliffs? Mm, funny thing you should say that you know the answer no double jointed <sighs> that was a good one i know i, I, I know write some of these down yeah we'll just listen to every each and every one of our episodes and comb through to like minute 21 and you'll Perfect. be there <laughs> so i'm going to tell you today about a woman named mary jane rathburn born december 22nd 1922 now mary jane was actually born mary jane and it just happens to be a quinky dink that this was her name because she went on to be called Brownie Mary because she. But they didn't. We don't have the. We don't use the the nickname Mary Jane for marijuana because of her. Do no. we? Mm-mm. That was just. Com- I don't think so. Yeah, in my research, it didn't yeah, say know, it was because I of her. Either, I think but. it's a quinky dink. So Mary was born in the Midwest uh, to a very kind of strict Catholic family, and okay, then I'm already. <laughs> 
Yeah. She and I are the same cloth. You're hooked. Yeah. Uh, she went to a Catholic school. And Me too. She got in a physical fight with a nun and got kicked out. She was kind of a troublemaker from the beginning. She was bucking up against the system. She had a song in her heart and she couldn't be controlled by anyone. But she seemed like a really, like, really cool kind of adventurous life yeah, from, yeah. right from the beginning. So she dropped out and of uh, school and became a waitress and she remained a waitress for the rest of her life, eventually working at IHOP in San Francisco for 25 years straight. Oh, wow. Yeah. So during her teens, she traveled from Chicago to Wisconsin. This does sound a lot like you. I know. I was like, wait, this, that, is, this is me. <laughs> now that I well, think about it. Now I have to tell you, uh, my name is Mary. Yeah, <laughs> Brenton Scott worked at IHOP. <laughs> and he still does. I haven't, I've never told you about my IHOP days, have I? No, <laughs> no. Covered in grease in those per- very good hash browns at IHOP, I got to say. Got to give props where it's due. The first time I ever... Uh, kissed a girl was in the back in the backyard of an IHOP that is sexy and romantic <laughs> like right behind the on the on the grass right behind the dumpsters oh that's Classy. cute yeah it was really cute that's yeah. sweet Could practically smell that rooty tooty <laughs> fresh and fruity okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so at the beginning of world war ii she found her way to san francisco and she got married and the marriage didn't last she had one daughter and unfortunately uh her daughter whose name was jenny died at 22 in a car accident that's terrible it was really terrible and so people are speculating that the tragedy like compiled with her activist nature compelled her to start you know baking these brownies pot brownies which eventually she started doing for the community so it was kind of catharsis for her to kind of get yes, through yes, what yes, she yes. had been through um now hold on a second yeah go say ahead. everything about her ever use making pot brownies before or was this something that she just started well, or- i'm gonna tell you so oh, oh, her daughter dies she's still a waitress <laughs> and she starts making pot brownies as kind of a side hustle um Side hustle. Yeah. Smart girl. Yeah. She, <laughs> no, she didn't like necessarily invent them. There was a recipe from uh, Alice B. Toklas. The classic Alice B. Toklas it, brownie anyone recipe. Anyone right? who doesn't know her, she hung out with Picasso and Matisse and Hemingway, and she was Gertrude Stein's life partner. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a cookbook, a recipe for her sheesh fudge in 1954, but it didn't have any chocolate in it. It was like dates and nuts and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was kind of like the first edible pot recipe in print. I mean, it, there may have been others before. And there really, in my research, it didn't say what the first pot brownie was there was no kind of you know mention of it other than that brownie mary really made them famous so anyway mary would go to like local supermarkets and sell them out of a basket she was very brazen with the selling of her pot brownies she moved to the castro um which is a famously gay neighborhood in san francisco and as aids started breaking out and in the early 80s um she made it her mission to kind of make these brownies for a lot of the people, the elderly people who were kind of dying of just old age and had mm-hmm. sickness, but a lot of the people in, that were her really good friends were people who were gay men who were dying of AIDS and they were in a lot of pain. Yeah. And so she started making brownies. So uh, she makes like 600 brownies a day. That's she, a lot of brownies. She's like really going for it. She, you know, she sees it as a way to help. And she called all these people her kids. She was very empathetic. She really like had lost her own kid. Yeah. She, she that like. Yeah. And she looks. looked like a granny for a long time. So she was kind of this older lady who was just making pop brownies. It was very unassuming. Um, but yeah, it was her life's work. So there was a raid on her home in 1981 and the police confiscated 18 pounds of marijuana. And oh she was arrested for the first of three times. Uh, she was ordered to spend 
700 hours of community service uh, and she decided to do her community service helping AIDS patients, which she would have done anyway. Yeah. But, um, this woman's amazing. She is, she was absolutely amazing. So after her legal run-ins, she got the name Brownie Mary because she was making so many brownies. So despite all her arrests, Brownie Mary used her social security checks and donations to continue baking, especially once she noticed that the pop brownies helped curb the nausea and appetite loss suffered by AIDS and cancer patients. Um, so she's quoted as saying, I make them for the worst patients, the ones with going through chemotherapy and the ones totally wasting away. Um, she appeared uh, in a Santa Rosa municipal court to face felony charges wearing her signature uh, Brownie Mary mar- marijuana patches. She had all these like cute patches on oh her my God, thing. We, should, we need to find one. Yeah, I know. She was really, 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 really cute. Um, so uh, San Francisco declared August 25th Brownie Mary Day to honor her work. Um, so she didn't stop at just making brownies. In 1991, she successfully campaigned for the passage of Prop P, which was in San Francisco. It recommended the state of California restore marijuana to the list of available medications. So she's doing like all this work for activism of legalization of marijuana, like way before. I mean, this is in like the very early 90s. Uh, in 1992, she helped her friend and fellow LGBT and medical marijuana advocate Dennis Piron open the nation's first medical dispensary, the San Francisco Cannabis Buyers Club. Mm-hmm. I just think this woman is like amazing. Yeah. I'm like looking for stories and I'm like, oh, this and that, yeah, like no, high times this. I'm like, this woman is everything really that we always talk about, right? Like she's just gone through all this stuff and is still fighting to help people and like with food and pot. It couldn't be any better of a story. And for to help people that are in horrifically great pain with terminal illnesses with no possible cure. Right. And so. Insight. It's people say that like it, without her, like she was one of the, like the biggest influences in legalizing pot. Um, her own health began to decline. She had arthritis. She used weed, weed, which she called her own sweet medicine um, to help herself. So then she successfully fought for the Compassionate Use Act in 1996, otherwise known as Prop 215 in California. And this law gave critical patients in California, including those with cancer, AIDS, arthritis, chronic pain, the right to obtain and use marijuana for medical purposes. Um, that was deemed appropriate by a physician. Then she authored a cookbook with her friend, Dennis Perron, uh, Mary's, Ma- Brownie Mary's Marijuana Cookbook, and Dennis Perron's Recipe for Social Change. Wow. Yeah. Um, so she said, when and if they legalize it, she died in 1999, obviously before it was legalized, but she said, when and if they legalize it, I'll sell my brownie recipe to Betty Crocker or Duncan Hines and take the profits and buy an old Victorian for my kids with AIDS. Oh, wow. Um, she's also quoted as saying, and I will wrap it up with this. I didn't go into this thinking I would be a hero. It was something I wanted to do to help my gay friends. And it just spiraled. And now that's a life's work, right? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Can you imagine making 600 brownies a day and just like getting arrested time after time? And you're just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm here to help people. Yeah. Just old lady making pot brownies going into the slammer. That's crazy. And I know. Like, yeah. It is that, crazy. It's such a tumultuous time of history, too, right? Like, nobody else is helping. Yeah. Nobody else is helping them. Yeah, it reminded me, I mean, obviously, of that movie, The Dallas Buyers Club. I was thinking about oh, that yeah, a lot. Yeah. And, yeah, just, like, forgotten people in that time, I think, the government, and even still, I mean, obviously, it's changing, but just kind of didn't give a shit that people were dying and in pain, and, like, this is, like, a crisis, of, you know, of, mm-hmm. of other. And it really takes people like regular people to lend a hand during times like that. And she was pretty amazing. Yeah. 
through the power of marijuana. Yeah, marijuana. So as you can see that this is a particular drug, as I like to call it. I call it a plant. I call it an herb. (laughs) Some of us do call it herb. 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 (laughs) Is that it's really funny because the marijuana plant has sort of, well, not sort of, it has evolved with with our human brains and our... So why is it that this plant can affect our brains in such a manner and, and assist in that? And it's it's really miraculous. It's obviously both for the plant survival and, of course, there must be a benefit for us, right? Yeah. Which is lower inflammation. Yeah. I mean, it's, Hunger. it's crazy. It really is so helpful to so many people. Like, um, when my dad was dying, like, one of the only things that would help him feel better was smoking pot. He was on so many different medications and, like, all this, like, you know, chemo drugs and pills and all this stuff and like the only thing that would really help him was weed and he would get weed edibles sometimes from like folks you know even honey mother nature invented us that she's got it ready for us right here all the answers are with like i mean that's the thing about homeopathic medicine in general right it's like all the answers are kind of here and obviously western medicine is valuable in its own right but yeah can we combine it with you know yeah yeah there's so much to be said about about the thought you know it's about changing people's minds about what what that is and what marijuana is like is it a party drug like a lot of people look at it can be let me yeah, tell you yes. from personal experience i have spoke to many a marijuana cigarette at a party yeah, yeah me too at a concert isn't it really funny do you remember when bill clinton was running for president and it was like i smoked but i didn't inhale it was like the biggest deal that he yeah. had tried pot and now it's like obviously everyone has fucking tried pot if you like haven't then you're then maybe you like shouldn't be president yeah. you have lived enough well, we know we know who hasn't tried pot. Probably, <laughs> we know who needs to have Imagine a little patchouli. He just like starts smoking weed and becomes like the greatest like, person yeah, ever. Like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry. I'm giving all my properties back. I'm paying everybody back. <laughs> you never, you never know. Oh my god, do you think he's ever said I'm sorry? Probably not. That's no, another, I don't think so. It's another show. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> what do you have on? Uh, what do you got to recommend on our last chef recommends ever? God, chef recommends. Okay. Well, since we are talking about um, in a culinary aspect, um, there's another <laughs> there's another use. Um, one of my friends uh, makes this tincture. Mm-hmm. So now you can make it. He uses this tincture. It's a marijuana tincture. Same thing. He has this. He has a little machine that decarboxylizes. It Ooh. basically heats up the thing, and then he, uh, I think, he puts the the marijuana in heart and alcohol maybe okay. like Everclear or something yeah, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. I haven't done this so I don't I can't but all I know is he makes it and I'm sure you can find around and ask and then it basically it's super concentrated and then it comes in a little eyedropper oh, you know yeah. like a little thing so you could add it to a cocktail which mm-hmm. every Friday night I used to do that <laughs> and you'd put a little yep. eyedropper full in your little Prosecco that's mine or your margarita and it didn't really taste like much and suddenly an hour and a half later you were relaxed i would sleep like a baby i would have the best saturday morning like market everything was fresh <laughs> so i stand by that product and i've never made it myself although i'm thinking about it yeah but of course uh marijuana is illegal in this state so i would never do anything illegal no no never i recommend i know some folks that make a delicious weed butter mm, which is mm. really lovely because you can just you know if you're having some friends over you can just kind of spread it on some bread and then yeah, you're yeah. really hungry for the rest of the meal because weed really does cause the munchies i'm sorry that's not uh, that is a real thing that is a real I'm thing i'm constantly constantly struggling with that crunching and munching away <laughs> i'm like oh god this is a 
Now, what did I go nuts over the other night? Oh my gosh, I forgot. I discovered a new gelato company in Jersey City. Ooh. Um, hold on. I'm just blanking on the name. It's okay. called, uh, hold on. Let, go, let's move forward with that. Okay. But I went a little nuts on the mint gel, on the mint chip gelato. Oh, it was more yeah. like a stracciatella. Yeah. I made a mint Oreo ice cream with fresh mint. And it was like a green mint. I pureed it and put it in there the other day. And it was delicious. Um, I, This brings me to what I would like Bucket to suggest. Bucket and Bay. That's Bucket and Bay. Bucket and Bay. If okay. you've ever heard of it, they're only in Jersey City right now. Okay. Um, I met this woman whose name was Alicia. She's the chef. Oh, cool. And she was, apparently she used to be the chef at Del Posto. Oh, Pastry chef at Del Posto. Well, that's a pretty big job. No, no, not Del Posto. Uh, What's the Esca? Okay. Something like that. It doesn't matter. She was a done pastry chef for a while, so she makes all the gelato there in the sorbet, and it was divine. Better than anything I've had in Manhattan. That's amazing. For sure. So I was going to ask for top three, which Uh kind of goes right into this. What do you think about top three favorite things to eat when you're stoned? Well... (laughs) (laughs) Triscuits topped with rhubarb, <laughs> peanut butter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, besides ice cream, yeah. What are your top three favorite things to eat when you're stoned? Okay, when well, you have the munchies. My top three favorite things. Well, I have to say anything with crunch. Something about mm-hmm. crunch and I don't know. I mean, it's so typical, but like obviously guacamole. Oh, oh I had a friend. This reminds me. Uh, I'll interrupt myself. May I? Yes. Uh, <laughs> one time in this New Year's Eve party uh-huh. in Sheboygan, uh, this friend of mine made this guacamole with weed in it. Ooh. But I think he had like made the weed butter or something. He put it in it. Yeah, and, like, yeah. He didn't made it properly. And I'm sitting there like mowing on this guacamole. I was like, God, oh my this god, guac is real buttery and yummy. And, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, god it was you? filled with weed. Well, I don't. Not until halfway through, my like. 23rd bite that's funny um okay so okay crunchy crunchy uh guacamole-ish um number two i mean for me anything with like any kind of milkshake oh because something about a milkshake you can get on that fat calorie uh-huh. real fast okay suck it down yeah and then nice. i love like a peanut butter banana combination oh yeah peanut butter chocolate banana really gets to the weed bunchy yeah like, epicenter yeah it's like for sure mm. for sure uh and probably my Night number one most favorite. This is so hard. Uh, you know what? Nachos. I mean, come oh on. yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. think that the rise of the popularity mm-hmm. of nachos had to do directly in correlation with the rise of the popularity of the younger younger generation 100%. smoking more weed. So my number three. Okay, here we go. Is Oreos dunked in milk oh don't even oh my god i forgot dude oreos and milk when you're high it's like such a because i don't smoke weed a lot anymore i used to smoke a ton of weed when i was younger um so i'm kind of going from that but i still will smoke and when i do it's like an excuse to have a fun treat you're like i'm high i'm gonna eat fucking oreos so oreos and milk number two totino's pizza rolls i love how you have a specific you're already like i've already (laughs) because i thought a lot of a lot about it um what I used to really go to and what I sometimes, I haven't had a Totino's pizza roll in a while, but when I was in high school and I was like coming home stoned, I would really enjoy some Totino's pizza rolls. Uh, you're high. So you bite into the first one and completely burn your mouth. So you can't even like taste the rest of them, but mm-hmm. it feel the text, something about the texture is very satisfying. Little pocket. I wait, when was it that we talked about Totino's on our frozen pizza episode? On our frozen pizza episode. I actually was trying to devise a re- I'm like, you know what? My next recipe test will be, for homemade, do it. I mean, I guess you would just use a ravioli stamp. 
Yeah. But don't you feel like they're deep fried? Yeah, they are fried. But it's not pizza dough. They have, it's, it's basically like a fried ravioli. It's like a fried ravioli, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So is, if there's some kind of like happy medium that we could find. Yeah, I think you wouldn't want to use a pasta dough because fried ravioli are a little too crunchy, but too crunchy. Like a thin bread dough. We're going to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Make them and then give us an update. And then, yeah, and Bring the them in as a special guest. I'm so sorry. I've <laughs> um, and my number one thing, and this is so random, but... Uh, cold pasta out of the fridge like if there's like leftover pasta in the fridge and it's cold like when you're stoned like cold spaghetti oh my god first of all that's one of the most delicious things ever to begin with but any kind of like even like a cold eggplant parm or cold lasagna like leftover that would be my number one stoned food go-to you know i was just thinking about dim sum Mm. and then i was like have i ever gotten stoned and eaten dim sum and then i realized yes four days a week for the last three years (laughs) noodle aka noodle village um because i wasn't always a morning i never used to smoke pot in the morning yeah yeah and that changed when i if you recall and i will tell you the proof is in the pudding and by the pudding i mean i lost like 30 35 pounds yeah which was ironic because it's supposed to give you munchies but i had gained weight and i was like oh my gosh like i don't know what's you know it's hard to get back in the in the you really took that off quickly and you look great somebody told me they're like why don't you smoke pot and go to the gym i'm like oh i would never do such a thing that's no like oh not for me and then suddenly it just now i can't stop yeah well you (laughs) i can't stop i had to do it every morning (laughs) night no just i can't stop but i had a question for you since it's your last episode a surprise top three okay what are your top three favorite foods of all time my top three favorite foods of all time are in order: pizza number three, French fries number two, and butter number one. Oh yeah, I mean, but that's I good. butter that's like such a like butter, like but bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, that's like my that. number one favorite as well. Yeah, that was I know it's so simple. I mean, French French fries might be number one, but I know French fries are. I was reading good. an article and it said, you know how when you go to the Weather Channel and you or the Weather dot com mm-hmm. and then. It, there's the worst clickbait, clickbait on it. Yeah. And you were like, I would never clickbait such a stupid article. What then, was it? Uh, it said, "These, this is the top food that you shouldn't eat if you're over 50. And, it was and French then you fry? have to read through the whole article, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was like potato chips. What the hell? There was that article in the New York Times, though, that came out last year about how a French fry is like the worst possible thing you can eat for your body. Why? What's wrong with it? It just collects oil in a specific way, or I guess you're eating a lot of oil. I it don't know. It said something that there was a specific, uh, when the oil is heated up and it interacts with something in the potato, it causes a specific chemical to be released, which oh. is carcinogenic. Oh, okay. But well, you know what? I'll tell you when I'm, I don't know, my grandpa ate French fries all the time. He was 97 when he died. He didn't I love a French fry. I think we need to stop telling ourselves what is like good and not and just have it in moderation of course also an air conditioner could just fall on our heads at any given moment and that could be the thing so i think having a horrible leader tell us uh create tension between right. the two sides of this country causing mass amounts of confusion could be bad for our minds which could cause stress which could cause cancer yeah. and here we are and causes mass shootings so yeah, yeah i think the point that we're trying to make here is get high on mm-hmm. your own supply get some coconut get some coconut butter or coconut oil yeah Make some some wonderful marijuana coconut oil out of that. Yeah. Mix it into your next batch of like coconut vegan brownies. <laughs> Slice them. What are your thoughts on giving pop brownies to people without their or like any kind of weed food without their knowledge? No, absolutely not. What I would never. If, what about it to, if it's your family and you want them to chill out? <laughs> Small amounts. <laughs> start with start with half inch pieces. <laughs> Slip it into. The- 
It's like slipping them a Mickey, but uh, my brother told me that a long time ago when he was in college that one of his friends they did like a little camping ski trip or in a cabin somewhere, and they his friend made an omelet with magic mushrooms. Oh no! And he they he gave it to like of course these guys were all kind of young and like, yeah, but he didn't tell them. And then finally, one guy was like, "Man, it's like my stomach kind of feels weird." Like an hour later. And the guy's like, yeah, I, put, I made you guys a mushroom omelet. And he said they all, luckily, like they were all kind of of the same feather. So they all were like, yeah, that's awesome, dude. But oh like, God. I think there was one guy that was not happy about it. It was like, hey, like I didn't want to do that. Why would you do that? And of course. You should never. Never, <laughs> to me, it's ever. Same, like, A, what if somebody has an aversion? Really, it doesn't matter. Just like you wouldn't give alcohol to anybody that doesn't want it. Like they did here that one time when they poured me a glass. We're at Roberta's, <laughs> one of the bartenders, one time. This is a funny story. Brett and I were, were uh, I don't know if we told this on the air. I don't think we have. It's we were, okay. We were sitting yeah. down after our, the show one day and I wasn't feeling well. <laughs> at a certain bar here at Roberta's. And I wasn't feeling well, so I asked Breton to pour a little bit of his beer. I wanted to try it in my glass that I had water in. So I chugged the glass of water to finish it. And it was horseradish vodka. No, no. You said, can I get a glass of water? And the guy, the water bottle was the same. Right. He had poured us the water already, though. Yes. That was the thing. Out of the same bottle as the water bottle. Oh, that's right. So you wanted to refresh your right. palate. So, so I went to drink the whole glass so I could get a sip of your beer in my water glass. And it was an eight ounce glass of vodka. Of vodka. And I drank the whole fucking thing. And I was <laughs> wasted at 4.45 when we wrapped the podcast. And also, like, I thought I had been poisoned because it just was like this bitter, spicy liquid when you were expecting yeah, water. Yeah, horseradish vodka is not th- <gasps> A, that's intense. Also, I yeah. drank it, and I didn't do a spit take. Most people have probably been like, Pfft. I was just like, mm, this tastes like poison. What is this? Yeah. What's that seven ounces of vodka? Wow, that is crazy. <laughs> well, I'm really going to miss you. This was an amazing, I fun project. You. Thank you for all of the listeners that have put up with all of my shit for the last two. We conceived of this almost, what, two years ago? Two years ago, ago yeah. Two years ago when we yeah. were with Heritage last year, uh, and it's wonderful, and... It's fun. And now everybody has a, there's so many podcasts now. So I many know. podcasts. Everyone's got, a, even my mom literally has a podcast yeah, yeah. with me. Um, <laughs> my cat has a podcast. Yeah. So we're up, Heritage is going on a little break for the next couple of weeks, a little summer vacation, but definitely tune into the fall and we'll have a uh, bunch of fun surprises on Life's Banquet. Not going anywhere. We're going to have a bunch of uh, different rotating guest hosts for a while. And uh, I think it's going to be pretty fun, but not as much fun as having Brett in here, obviously, but we'll, we'll make do. We'll try it. So it won't, it will definitely be something missing. Uh, when I got that, uh, that pot brownie, uh, guest list in open up, I'll yeah. tell you all about it, kids. Please do. <laughs> um, well, we love you very much. And this has been a lot of fun. Salute to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Hasta la pasta. All right. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.